0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Certified Christian Counselor and Director of Ottawa's Elam Counseling Services. Hi, this is Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Life Transformation Radio Show. It's a radio show where chains are broken and lives are transformed. If you're not familiar with Elam Counseling Services, you can find out more about us at Ministry.com. Elam is spelled E L I M Counseling with two L's, ministry.com. You can also find us by phone at six one three. 699 1677 1677 And with me in studio today is none other than
1: Melissa Waggett
0: Thank you very much for being here again with me, Melissa And as usual, we have another interesting show lined up for the listeners today
1: Yeah, so today, Michael, we're going to be talking about Spiritual crisis and its psychological implications mm-hmm. And so for this show, we're looking at A pretty famous guy in the Bible, I think, who went through a few spiritual trials, to say Mm -hmm. the very least. Um, So we're looking at Job and his experiences with spiritual trials, and just going to go into a little bit about some of the crises he's experienced Um, and potentially some of the um, psychological implications that he went through in the spiritual crises that he experienced, Mm -hmm. and maybe taking a bit of a different perspective on it than I think some people may have heard Mm -hmm. from the pulpit on Sunday when we talk about Job. So, do you mind giving us um, the scripture verse that we're going to be looking at?
0: Absolutely. Today's uh, scripture reading is from uh, Job chapter 19, and I just want to look at a few of the verses in that chapter that kind of captures the essence of the psychological state that Job found himself in. It starts at verse 7, and we'll read until verse 11. Job says, Though I cry, I get no response. Though I call for help, there is no justice. He, that's God, has blocked my way so I cannot pass. He has shrouded my paths in darkness. He has stripped me of my honor and removed the crown from my head. He tears me down on every side till I am gone. He uproots my hope like a tree. His anger burns against me.
1: So this is a bit of a different Job than I think we've, we've often heard on Sunday mornings. I th- when I think of Job, I think of this patient, stoic gentleman that just kind of took it and didn't complain very much and just blessed God and thank God, even when the sky was falling people were dying and he was being physically affected, right? Yes, yes. And, and that's how I think of Job, and, and I think that's what we often hear on Sunday mornings why are you bringing us Angry Job today? <laughs> why Why are you bringing this side of Job well, that, to our listeners? That's a
0: very good question, Melissa. Why didn't we just stick to the version yeah, of Job that nice. says, "Yeah, though no, he slay me, yet will I trust him?" That's a part that we hear I, I a lot in I love his idealized in
1: faith. It's like if he can do it, I can do it, kind of thing. But this is this is a bit of a different tone for our. Our Job, gentlemen.
0: Well, I'm coming from this from what I see a lot in my practice. uh, What I should say, the reality is that people who are going through hardships, whether they are believers or not do not go through those hardship with a smile on their face and an unwavering trust and faith in god the reality is that people whether they be pastors leaders of ministry or new believers when they are faced with severe hardship they go through this phase of of questioning that job goes that job that is depicted by job in, in this passage this, this phase of asking God very hard questions and and feeling as if God has somehow Turned his back on them. This is the reality, and I, I've seen it from pastors. I've seen it from uh, people who have been believers for many, many years. When they're faced with real life, hard life challenges, it's not uncommon to have this job-like reaction where where they they, they, they talk about God and they talk about their faith in the in the same way here that that Job talks about it here. One case that i i had recently it's it's this uh lady who she was recently diagnosed with cancer and the the prognosis is not very good at the same time she's dealing with a very very a difficult relationship marital relationship and she said to me uh something that is very profound she said i serve god faithfully for many, many years. And my feeling and the the teaching that I got is that if you serve God, He was going to look out for you. He was going to bless you. And then she said, Is this what God's blessing is for me? I'm coming to the end of my life. And is this what His blessing is? I'm dying of cancer and my relationship is falling apart. And then she said... I don't know. I don't know if I if I can believe uh, what I have believed for many many years. So, in answer to your question, why am I talking about this this version of Job? I'm talking about it because it's very very common, and I think that there might be listeners out there, to or are listening to this show, can identify and maybe saying, yes, I, my faith hasn't always been unwavering. I have been going through struggles lately that make me wonder if God is there. And and, and that's why I, I have titled this show Spiritual Crisis and Its Psychological Implications, because I wanted to to look at this passage from Job and to dig a little bit deeper into it and, and talk about some of the psychological implications uh, that people find themselves with when they are going through life challenges.
1: And okay. so you, you just gave an example there of that that woman who— Truthfully what she said was so profound and you can feel hear the hurt in 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 her statement there. What other circumstances have you seen in your practice where people are plunged into these spiritual crises? What kind of circumstances are surrounding that? Well
0: other common circumstances, for example, the death of a child, that can be a very, very tough one where a child has, has died and the parents are are, are left to, to deal with the heartache and, and all the questioning that comes as to why would God allow this to happen to a good child. And we, we see this also in people who have had their faith and trust in religious leaders uh, damage because the religious leaders that they held in such high esteem have sort of turned against them, or they feel that these religious leaders have turned against them, have betrayed their trust, and so now they are they are questioning uh, whether or not the faith that they have believed in is real or real. Because if my religious leader that taught me these principles are now acting in ways that that contradict the word of God, can I really trust that that the things that I have learned? Is true, and so they a lot of these uh, uh, clients that I see, they go into a time of soul searching and questioning. I see this also in in marriages where one spouse was led to 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 God by the other, and so it might may have been early in the relationship where one person was a Christian, the other was not, and then the other person came to God as a result of the faith of that that partner. What happens is that sometimes when that partner who led the other to faith turns against God, there is a questioning and a doubting of faith that happens with the other. Because if he's sort of my rock and my pillar, the one who led me to God, if he has now turned against uh, against the faith and is now doing things that are ungodly, uh, where does that leave me? Can I really trust believe the principles that he has taught me so some of these circumstances uh i think people go into time of of questioning and, and feeling saying some of the same thing that job has done job said here in this passage in job chapter 19.
1: so what constitutes a spiritual crisis like what flags would you see if someone was sitting down and talking to you about an experience they're going to through that would mm-hmm. make you think This is a spiritual crisis. This is what this person's going through.
0: It's very common to what we see here in these verses. Uh, uh, People will say things like, where is God? How could God have allowed this to happen to me? Why didn't God prevent it and I I have had conversations with people lately one of the things that have been on the news lately is this shooting uh, in the states where this gunman walked into a church they were having Bible study they were studying the Word of God these people were not out gambling they they were they were doing something that is very honorable they were the faithful the faithful ones uh, there are probably hundreds and thousands of people there on a Sunday morning but they this group is, the, is, is the, 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 the faithful ones who made the sacrifice during the week to be at a Bible study. And yet these are the ones that were slaughtered by this god man why didn't god prevent that where was god so i can imagine that many of the family members of these individuals will go into a state of spiritual crisis where they start questioning why didn't god prevent this my mother loved god she was there because she was zealous about god she was the one leading the bible study why didn't a loving god protect her from such a tragic and unnecessary death
1: Mm. And so another thing I often, I guess for us, if we have a friend or a family member maybe going through this spiritual crisis, they're starting to question things. Why why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Where is God in this? This is unfair. Why me? If you have someone in your life going through that and is experiencing this spiritual crisis, are there any lessons we can learn from the story of Job about how we should treat them or interact with them?
0: I think uh, uh, absolutely I think the the book of Job is an example of what not to do. Sometimes we can learn about what to what to do by observing the opposite. You know I've heard someone jokingly said that they should get some of these people on the streets who have dropped out of high school and you know, can't get a job and they're you know, begging for money in the street to do motivational speeches because they could stand up and say, look at me, look at, look at what I did mm-hmm. and where it get me. Just don't do this. So, so I think that we can, we can learn from the friends of Job what not to do by observing what they did wrong. So there, was a, there are a number of things that we see in the story of Job that they did wrong. First of all, I I think that there is an element of insensitivity... That these friends uh, showed towards Job. Let me just read a portion here that, uh, of their response to Job that sort of captures captures what what, what I am saying here about insensitivity. Keep in mind that Job's ch- children had just died in a wind, a strong wind that 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 uh, caused their. The, the Bible says the four corners of their house to collapse. So keep in mind that image of a wind coming and. Uh, killing Job's children, blowing down their house and having his children perish as a result of that win. But here we have one of Job's friends uh, trying to convince Job that there must have been some evil why these bad things are happening to him. And the, the, fr- the friend said, As I have observed, those who plow, plow evil and those who sow trouble reap it. As the breath, at the breath of God, they perish. At the breath of God, they perish. So this man was, in fact, saying this wind that destroyed your children's house could be the breath of God. Uh, there must be something that your children are doing wrong. So there was this insensitivity that they have by mentioning the breath of God. And Job must be saying, wow, these are my friends and they are saying things that it's like a dagger in my heart. It's no wonder that they, when they were finished, we are told that Job Job got up uh, and, and ripped his clothes and sprinkled dust on his head and eventually started mourning because his friends were was making it worse for him. Now, there, there, there is also uh, an element of shame that they were putting on Job as well. They, they, they were, in fact, saying, Job, you you. you you're the one, that this, this, this religious leader, that, that when people were down, you helped to lift them up. So you should not really be on your face here, uh, wallowing in, in, in pain the way that you are. i just read that section in, in which it says, quote, it said, Think how you have instructed many. Oh, you have strengthened feeble hands, your words have supported those who stumbled, you have strengthened faltering knees, but no trouble comes to you and you are discouraged, it strikes you and you are dismayed. Should not your piety be your confidence and your blameless ways, your hope? So they're in fact saying, "Job, you are the stalwart here. You are the religious leader that people live up to. Why is it that now you are in trouble and you are being discouraged?" Now, this might seem very callous, and say, how could they be so, you know, so callous towards Job? But the thing that I'm, I'm I have seen in my practice is that many people in today's society go through the, these very same things in their churches.
1: We do it. All the time to each other. It, yes. may not, it may not be as blatant as that. I'm just thinking of things that I've heard or unfortunately may have even said myself sometimes where it's, well, you may have some unforgiveness in your life. Maybe that's why you're sick. Or mm-hmm. what have you done mm-hmm. that caused that? Like, or even the, the poor recognition of just human emotion. basically take your own advice Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have the joy of the Lord everything's good, Yes, move on
0: of course, the joy of the Lord is your strength you should be smiling through Mm -hmm. this you shouldn't be discouraged
1: and and it is and and that truth is there but at the same time there's that human emotion that sometimes you hurt and it's okay to hurt Mm -hmm. and we need to come around people who are hurting with love and support and not, what did you do Right. Or stop it. Your right. emotions are making me feel uncomfortable.
0: Absolutely. Or you're saying things about God that makes me uncomfortable, and I have to protect God here. But God doesn't need any protection. When someone is hurting and they have suffered loss, and they're 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 going through a time of spiritual crisis, and they're saying things that shows that they're questioning God, you don't have to jump in and start defending God because this was what Job's friends were doing when Job started talking about. Uh, the fact that he has been upright and God has caused these terrible things to happen to him. And when he said, oh, God must be blocking my path and God has stripped me of my honor and he tears me down. These friends are saying, stop Job, you, you can't be saying those hurtful things about God. Let me tell you the truth. And they went to a a, a, a place where they started getting into a theological debate with, with Job. Because they were defending God and saying, God is righteous. God is holy. God doesn't make mistakes, Job. And if you are if you are suffering like this, God God knows what He's doing, and there must be something in your life that wasn't quite right for this to be happening to you. And sadly enough, people do the same thing today. They 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 pass the same kind of judgment on people on people who are suffering. They tell them, in essence, the same thing. You should be you shouldn't be down. at and discourage the way that you are. You should be smiling as you go through this. You should just have faith. Uh, just walk through this. And we kind of put this kind of expectation on people. But what is ironic that what I've seen is that some of these same people who are, when others are going through hardship, they're making them feel guilty for being down. When they are hit with adversities in life,
1: they do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, So what advice then would you give to someone who's, I think being well-intentioned, yes. for the most part, <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll err on the side of people are trying to do the right thing, and giving advice to their friends who maybe are going through these struggles. What is a better approach? Because the the hard part, right, is there is some truth to what, what we're saying, where it's you have faith, and Christ is there, and He'll guide you through. But when people are experiencing these emotions, how should... How should someone respond if you're watching someone go through this?
0: Well, let me say this, that God doesn't make superhuman beings. He makes human beings. There's none of us that is some kind of superhuman where we're going to be going through hardship and we're never going to have a doubt. We're never going to feel discouraged one day if you're thinking that yes this is you and you'll never be discouraged you haven't met you haven't gone through real trouble as yet you haven't gone through real hardship and so don't cast judgment on people so i would say allow people to express how they feel because whether or not they voice it this is how they're feeling on the inside and I would say that it, it's a process of healing where they have to speak these things out because before they can come to a place of healing. So what Job was doing is that he's cleansing his inside. He's saying, "I am burdened with these feelings and these these emotions inside. I'm I'm having this psychological state on the inside that is burning me down, and uh, I can't keep it inside. I have to give voice to it. So he was actually doing something healthy. So I would say. To friends of people who support people who are going through a spiritual crisis, is that let them vent, let them express how they feel. Don't get into a theological debate. When they have healed and time has passed, they will come to a more rational state a more rational place where they'll begin to realize that, yes, God was there for me. I have walked with clients who go through this spiritual crisis, and I allow them to speak their minds in, 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 in without any judgment. And they themselves will come back a few weeks from now and will will look at things they, they wrote six weeks ago and say, I can't believe that I wrote this about God. I am definitely not feeling this way today. So they went through a period of cleansing, and it took them to the to the other place uh, so, so don't get into a theological debate don't feel as if you had to, you have to defend God allow people to be themselves and to express how they feel because whether or not they voice it they are feeling the same way but one thing we find from the book of Job that I would like to, to, to say here is that uh, we, we are told that in, 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 in Job 42 verse 7 that God's anger was kindled against Job's friends Mm. that's that's the the irony of this situation where God wasn't angry at job he was angry at his friends,
1: friends. And, and not <laughs> supporting him in the way that he needed mm-hmm. and so i think it's it's a good life lesson for us because whether We'll all be in that circumstance, whether supporting someone going through it or going through it ourselves. And I think it's really important to pray for wisdom and have wisdom when we're in those situations so that we say the right things or sometimes don't say anything at all. And that's the right thing. Yes.
0: Job friends did well for the first seven days because we are told in the beginning of of, of the book of Job that they came there and for the first seven days they sat with him and they said nothing. Mm. And I think they were perfect as long as they did open their mouth. So 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 sometimes the people who are suffering, the best thing you can do is just to sit with them and let them talk and listen and say, This must be hard for you to be going through this. I can't imagine what that must be like for you to be to be suffering the loss that you you are going through and it must yes, it must be frustrating, yes, I can understand how you might feel that way about God doesn't mean you agree with it, Mm-mm. but you can understand how they might feel that way because they are not getting the answers. So when Job says that God has blocked his path and he has stripped him of his honor and he tears me down, the friends went to a a, a, a posture of we have to jump in here and defend God mm-hmm. whereas God said no. I am angry at you for the things that you said to Job, but the the beautiful thing about the book of Job is that God never expressed any anger towards Job for what he said.
1: Yeah, my new prayer, we had a wise woman at the church said this is often her prayer in those situations is, Lord, sit on my tongue. <laughs> and so I often find being someone who likes to talk a lot, saying that internally when you're in those situations, and, and it does work. Um, but it certainly takes a lot of practice for someone to mm-hmm. just keep your mouth shut. Sometimes is the best thing you can do. And so you've also talked about the psychological state of Job when he was going through that. And I think we've alluded to some of it in our discussions here about his state when he was talking to his friends and stuff. But can you go into a little bit more detail about what Job was going through in this circumstance? In,
0: in the seminars that I, I do on Job, I, I use images as a way of showing what Job's psychological state was at the time, and there are there are three very powerful images in Job chapter nineteen, and I will get into those in in a moment. But let me let. Just me, let me say this, that when you're dealing with people who are going through grief and you're going through loss, being able to come up with an image that represents how they feel can be very powerful. And if you're helping them, you can then use that image and go back to that image and say, use that image. Then let us say the images of a dark cloud. I feel I'm in under this dark cloud, you use that image in talking to them. You know, I can understand how you feel being under this dark cloud and what other emotions are you experiencing as you're under that dark cloud because images uh, can capture a state much more than words can. And so the the image, it says that an image or a picture is worth a thousand words. So having people that you're working with Talk about their state in the form of an image I, I think is very powerful. So Job spoke about three images here that captures his psychological state. And the first of these images image is the, the silent voice, the, 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 the a friend who isn't speaking. So he, he said, I cry and I get no response. So this picture here is of God sitting across from Job and Job saying, God, look at me. I'm in pain, I'm suffering, my children have died, I have lost my health and people are mocking me and he's not getting any response. So this image of the silent person speaks to his emotional state. It speaks of aloneness, it speaks of bewilderment. I am puzzled because I, I have this image of a loving, compassionate, caring God. And I am bewildered because now I'm going through this and I can't seem to, to, to hear God's voice. And it speaks of estrangement, this, thing, this feeling of being disconnected from God, which is also a very common state that, that the psychological state that people going through psychological, uh, spiritual crisis uh, finds themselves in. So let me just welcome the listeners that have just joined us. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, and we're discussing spiritual crisis and its psychological implications. uh, Job chapter 19 and with me in Suda today is Melissa Wagat. and we have have been looking at, we have just been discussing three images that are found in Job chapter 19, verse 7 to 11, that capture Job's uh, psychological state. So I talked about the first one I talked about was the silent voice. The second one, and I think this one is very profound as well, is the blocked pathway. He said, he has blocked my way so that I cannot pass. When you hear of a blocked, pathway that's a very powerful image because that speaks to a number of things Uh, but i think in particular it speaks to futility
1: Mm -hmm. he can't move forward you can't can't move move
0: it i am stuck Mm -hmm. this feeling of being stuck this feeling of i am in this place that i don't want to be
1: Mm -hmm. and nothing i i do my efforts are going nowhere i can't get beyond this
0: and, and this is a state sometimes people who are or faced with life-threatening illness finds themselves in, right? Because I've been praying to God for healing, and I want to move forward. I want to be healed. I want to have this testimony as someone who has gone through uh, a hell challenge and have come forward. But God, I feel like my pathway is blocked, Mm-hmm. There is this blocked pathway. It speaks of, of futility. But uh, what I think it also speaks of frustration.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm just also picturing that person banging their head against the wall because exactly that, in spite of their efforts, they're not moving forward. And I think this this illustration of going through these images is so powerful. And you see the depth. That you get into that words just can't by using these images. Absolutely. So what's the so
0: what, the so last you, image? Let me just say that what, what mm. you said a while ago is very powerful. We talk about it's like it's like hitting your head against a wall. Mm-hmm. I think that's a powerful image as well because that's how people feel. I'm running forward, but there's this blocked wall that God has sort of put up that I keep hitting my head in, and I can't I can't go forward. So there's a silent voice. There's a blocked pathway, but there's also the darkened path where where Job Job talks about. Uh, he has shrouded my paths in darkness. So when the, when Job speaks of a darkened pathway, it it speaks of uncertainty. There's one thing to have a blocked pathway, but a darkened path captures a different image totally. Mm-hmm. It's not saying I can't go forward. It is saying I feel like I'm moving forward, but I don't know where I'm going.
1: Mm-hmm. And and you can also sense fear within that too because you can't see where Absolutely. you're going. Absolutely.
0: So that's a, another psychological state, fear. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what my pathway is. There is darkness. So I'm I'm going forward. So this is kind of the opposite of what people feel when they're in good times the psalmist talks about that, that that word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path but job is not feeling that when he's when he's going through his crisis he's feeling like my pathway is darkened I am going forward but God I don't know what you're doing here and and people who who are going through crisis they often feel that way so unfortunately we have come to the end of today's show but I do hope that these words can be uh, a, a sort of encouragement for people who are going through through hardship today to just say God the main thing I want you to get from today's show is that God understands your frustration God understands your pain God understands the way that you feel and no. Contrary to what you might hear, God is not angry with you. God understands. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And
1: Melissa Waggett.
0: Praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in and pure in heart.